What's up, everybody? Before we start the show, we're going to do our podcast shout out. And we are shouting out the Black Girls Do Stuff podcast. These ladies talk about pop culture. They talk about movies. They talk about comic books. They talk about all sorts of interesting stuff. And they're very much casual, just like us, which is totally a plus. Isn't that right, guys? Yes, sir. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So check them out on Apple Podcast. Check them out wherever you get your podcast. And yeah, give them a listen. And with that, on with the show. I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Robert Ortegon. I'm Ashley Chancellor. I'm Dakota Chancellor. This is Collateral Cinema. Welcome to Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters, where we focus on good movies, bad movies, and everything else in between in the world of cinema. We're podcasting somewhere straight from San Antonio, Texas, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast. So whatever you have, be it dabs, be it blunts, be it bongs, be it joints, smoke it if you got it. And welcome to Season 3 of Collateral Cinema. What do y'all think, guys? Season three. Season fucking three. I'm happy to be here. It's the beginning of a new era. The era of collateral cinema. Yeah, I think we're probably going to reach newer heights. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're in a new studio. I mean, we don't really have that much of a new setup, but I mean, we're we're, we're slowly working on it. It's a work in progress. Yeah, it's totally a work in progress. And I mean, guys, what do you think? How are y'all doing? I mean, I'm happy to... Be in a studio that's in my own house. <laughs> yeah, that's right, folks. We're we're recording straight from my house now, my new newly bought house. So you know, just just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be all stuck up with your home ownership. Oh. Hey, this house is paid off. Bro. It's paid. Hey, that's that's always a good thing. That really is. So is everything in my life, <laughs> except my STD test. Oh my! <laughs> oh dear oh lord! The, al- already seriously. <laughs> sorry, sorry. We, have, we haven't even started this I was, season. I was kind of thinking, and then it just came out. I don't, I don't know what, what's wrong with me. My God, man. My God. Well, anyhow, this episode is going to be very contentious. Isn't that right, guys? So yeah. it seems. We are checking out... What, what? When did this come out? It was 2014, right? Something like that. 20, 2014. 2014, 2013. It's David Ayer's Suicide Squad. There's only contention because Bo's a sheep. Yo, you know oh, it's fuck you. <laughs> it's 2016, guys. I'm, I'm the sheep, but the three of y'all like this movie? Yeah, dude, I like it. Yeah. Why, that, why? That's the only reason there's contention. Why do you Bo. like this? Okay, well, I have a lot to say, and we'll, we'll get to it later. Plenty but, of time to talk about it. But I don't think this is necessarily a perfect movie. I mean, it's not even necessarily an objectively good movie, but I like it. I, I like it. We'll put it that way. And it is. It, it was in 2016, actually. 2016. So it's not that long ago, really. Nope. No, it's still fresh. Nope. Wow. I mean, yeah, the, the wounds in, inflicted on this movie are very much still there. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> they, they, they resonate throughout the film industry to this day. I mean, 
it was interesting. I think when it first came out, it had kind of more of a divided. Yeah, it was it was interesting, like a car crash. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, think, I guess. See, this is this is the effect that happens, and I talked about this during the it episode. At first, it had kind of a divided reception, and then over time, that slowly turned into like a, a negative reception. But I remember hearing some people did like this movie when it first came out. I'm not saying it's great, and but I'm also saying it's not as bad as Batman versus Superman. Oh, God. Oh, that was mm-hmm. dreck, man. I mean, let me tell you. I like the Man of Steel better than that. Honestly. Yeah, seriously. Well, I, I do want to make a point, okay? This, okay. This might take a little bit, but in the world of cinema, you've got bad movies, okay? You've got, like, just objectively bad movies, all right? Yeah. We've got, and, and we under that, we even have two categories. You know, you've got just bad, bad movies, movies that are just so bad, like, Master of Disguise. <sighs> and, and you've got movies that are so bad, they're good, like The Room or, you know, uh, Manos Sharknado. Hands, Manos or, Hands of Fate. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Or no, actually, Sharknado or Freddy Got Fingered, those are movies that try to be so bad, they're good. See, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. all it's all in the presentation. Okay, here's what it is. All right, okay. a movie is objectively bad if it fails, or anything is objectively bad if it fails at its purpose. A movie's purpose is to entertain, so we consider a movie bad if it fails to entertain in the way that it was meant to entertain. Some movies still come off as entertaining, like The Room, like Sharknado. Yeah, you yeah. know, like uh, what else have we done that was so bad it's good? Oh snap. Um, hmm. I don't really remember. It's been such a long time. I mean, the room I- is unique because it tries to be a drama oh, and it I, fails at. I, it. I remember House of the Dead. House of the Dead by Mr. Okay. Uwe Ball, who, by the way, follows us. Hello, Mr. Ball. That's what I was gonna say. The nice. Room and House of the Dead, right? Yeah. They tried to be serious movies, but they just come up as straight up comedic. But they're still entertaining. They're just entertaining for different reasons. Oh yeah, I I, I actually legitimately like House of the Dead now. I mean, especially after watching it so many times for the episode that we did. I mean, yeah, that was a, a movie that it didn't know what its tone was, but it still went for it. Yeah. You know. And then you've got movies that try to go for being so bad that they're good. So technically, they actually do achieve their purpose, like Freddy Got Fingered, like Sharknado, like Slumber Party Massacre, or anything Sam Raimi that kind of attempts to be campy. You've got movies that are just straight up bad, you know, like like, like Suicide Squad. No, 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 no. Yo, yeah, yeah, this yeah. Is where I'm go- this is where I'm going with this, okay? You've even got, on a very rare occasion, movies that are just objectively good. Everybody loves them. I think Joker is one of those movies that's coming out right now that everybody's talking about. Oh, yeah. And then you've got what makes up basically the bulk of cinema, just subjectively good or bad movies. It's really subjective opinion. And usually this happens when the movie achieves some of what it meant to do and it entertains in some ways, but maybe it doesn't succeed in all aspects or maybe it only appeals to a certain audience. So how does any of that apply to Suicide Squad? I mean, you, you admit that it's at its core just structurally unsound. I, least, I would right? say it's it's subjectively bad. Like a movie like uh, It, which we disagreed on, on that. That was kind of contentious. Yeah. That kind of, I mean, it could be subjectively good. A lot of people liked it. It's just it wasn't as good as it could have been. Suicide Squad, I mean, I'll agree. It's subjectively bad. I mean, I think it suffered from some, and I think we're going to talk about this, some, some reshoots and, yeah. and some last-minute editing and the fact that the movie was edited by the team that made the trailer. And you can see that. You can see where the movie fails in certain yeah, aspects. Yeah. But it's still entertaining. So I can't call it objectively bad. It's still 
succeeds at at least being enjoyable. See, that's the thing. It is objectively bad. When you really break this movie down to its core elements, everything fails. The editing, the the direction, the the direction of the acting, the cinematography, the color grading, the the story itself, none of it adds up here. Like I said, some of that's subjective opinion. Yeah. I mean... I, there's even some bright parts of the performances. I mean, you've got uh, Margot Robbie and Will Smith who actually give good performances. Yeah, yeah. You've got some well casted characters like uh, Viola Davis as yeah, Amanda yeah, yeah. Waller. But I mean, what I'm getting at is, you know, first starting off with the plot structure. I mean, this this plot's pretty much just a straight up exposition dump. Like what two or three times in this entire movie? Yeah, we saw that with the Man of Steel. We saw that with the. With Independence Day too, right? We but, see that with everything. But oh, yeah. th- this movie right here, they just run with it in a way that it's just like, I mean, it doesn't come together in any way. Like, like I mean, you are already getting a lot of information with these weird title cards that come up. You, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. They try to add some humorous little anecdote near the end or some such bullshit. And, and, and it's all like weird neon color, even though the rest of the movie is all grayish and greenish crap. I, I thought it was interesting, but it gives you this creepy tone that's also kind of campy at the same time. But but you want to know if they would have just had those, that would have been fine. But then you go into that steak dinner that Viola Davis is having with the other two, or Amanda Waller, that's her character, are, are having with the two chief of staff. Dude, you know, Ben Affleck was in there for like a second. Affleck was in yeah, there was. for like a second. Just in the right. beginning. Right? So was Ezra so Miller. Like, yeah, but. Anyway, well, he was at the end of the end credit scene too. Anyway, th- that right there, they go into another exposition dump on all these characters, like, and, and she explains it to them. And then, not even two or three scenes later, she's in a, another boardroom and she's giving another explanation of these characters. Why do we need to have all this information that quickly? Well, okay, and that condensed. It, it's just. It's incongruous. To it's almost me. like a, a PC lot of, thing. A lot of it's because it's like there's so many characters that they have to introduce and the movie has so much time. So and you want to spend the whole time the, introducing them. Therein lies one of the problems. If you have that many characters, it's like, I mean, why even make a movie like this? I mean, if you're not even going to really be able to flesh the characters out like what Marvel did. You know, they did the smart thing. They had actual single movies yeah. with plots that actually was relevant to that character well, and, and relevant to the with cinematic that. universe as well. As well. Yeah. I disagree there, actually. And here's why, okay? They didn't do that with Guardians of the Galaxy. That's Guardians true. of the Galaxy built up its characters within the same movie. Now, the Avengers, the Avengers had its solo movies, and so did Justice League, if you remember. Oh, so Justice this League. basically was DC's version of... Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, that much is obvious. Right. It's I mean, got, you know, it's got the soundtrack. It's got basically your team of anti-heroes. But what what the the thing right there is is that Guardians of the Galaxy actually has a plot structure that actually moves forward in a way that's natural that right. actually introduces the, the characters well enough. Oh, it's it, a far superior know? movie. It's a I far agree. superior movie. And it, it, the humor in that is unbeatable. They, they didn't need to needlessly explain who those characters were. Like, right. you, you pretty much knew from when they were in prison who they were. Yeah. You know? There was enough exposition through dialogue. Yeah. This movie... It does a little bit of that, I think, with with Harley Quinn and with Deadshot at the, in the very beginning. Yeah. And then they go through and they kind of do the title cards explaining who each of these characters are and their powers. And I don't have a big issue with that. And then you said the board meeting, they do it again, but that's really just the Enchantress. That was just her But she intro. still she still explains who the rest of the Suicide Squad is, though. 
She explains it all over again. I mean, the exposition is kind of obvious, but the title cards was kind of cool for me. I liked how they kind of switched and and showed different characters' personalities by the way that the the title cards came up by the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that they didn't do that aspect well. What I'm saying is, is that it's just too much information to dump so many times that honestly, it just takes you out of the movie. It's just like, I mean, why are we doing this again? It's literally almost like three or four times that this happens throughout the movie before there's even any real action. You know, it's odd, though, because in a sense, you almost feel like sometimes there's not enough of the characters. And and so I see what you mean. There's a lot of exposition and then really all of the characters kind of fade to the background except for maybe Harley Quinn and and uh and deadshot you know slipknot literally she he he gets murdered and he's he was a background character the moment he was introduced yeah he 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 didn't didn't even get get the title card he didn't get the fucking title card (laughs) that that was that was so funny i think everyone noticed it too he was was a red shirt he was he was oh man he was such an obvious red shirt it's it's horrible well you like you said before everything was on the nose and i will admit to that which i I don't find that to be an absolute bad thing though it is not a subtle movie at all there's no real subtlety to like like for instance Not, it doesn't it it tells more than it shows. Yeah, Deadpool I mean, wasn't subtle either. Yeah, but <laughs> it's still Deadpool was very much a unreliable narrator though. That is that, true. That's the trope that's uh, behind that. And again, that. I'm not and denying that it's not a superior movie. It's way better. Yeah. It's but. just remember that's coming from Wade Wilson's, you know, Oh yeah, character Absolutely. from his point of view, and and once again, I mean, he's able to explain who he is without having to just dump needless amounts of exposition on the audience. He doesn't need to do that. Yeah, it, you will. You can see with you know with like some of the characters, some of the exposition did seem a little unnecessary. The ones that that did get screen time, and then with others, it just kind of felt like, well, why did we spend this time having this exposition and then not even like having the yeah. characters? I, I K- agree with you. There. Like like case in point, Killer Croc. I mean, he barely gets any lines really. There and yeah. the lines he has are very simple. I mean, they're just like I'm beautiful. I couldn't really like, understand. I like her. Honest. I mean, you can't even recognize the actor through all that makeup. Yeah. Academy Award winning special effects makeup, I might add. (laughs) I don't know how the fuck that happened. But, I mean, through it all, it's an entertaining movie. I mean, I I had fun watching it. I I expected maybe to see it a little bit more critically now than when I originally saw it. Yeah. But even then, throughout the whole movie, and I watched it twice recently in preparation for the podcast, I I, I felt like... uh, you know, I was still having a good but time. I was still the, invested in the plot. Does the actual plot make sense, though? Like, for instance, the first mission that the squad is sent on, they're sent to retrieve an unknown person in an office building, right? Mm-hmm. Like, first of all, I mean, the the putties that come out, <laughs> you know, the, the, or zombies. Rita's putties. <laughs> they're, they're, pretty much, they're pretty much zombies. You I know, mean, it's it's like, why are we doing zombies? You're right. It doesn't make sense. But you know what? You know why I like it? It's a guilty pleasure. Is this the real life? Let me have you, Donald, please. Let me have you, Donald. Is this just fantasy? Come on! Caught in a landslide. No escape from reality. Ah! I want to assemble a task force of the most dangerous people on the planet. They're bad guys. Worst of the worst. Open the gate! Was this a cheerleading trials? Hi, boys. Goodbye, everybody. 
Deadshot. Guy shoots people. He's a crocodile. And he eats people. Burns people. You're possessed by a witch. And she's just crazy. What was that? I should kill everyone and escape? Sorry. The voices. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's not what they really said. This is the deal. You're going somewhere very bad. To do something that'll get you killed. Let's go save the world. I can't wait to show you my toys. Let's do something fun. Seriously, what the hell's wrong with you people? We're bad guys. It's what we do. Nothing really matters to me. I, I know help that. Me out here, Dakota. I know no, you're right. It really is. I mean, it is a guilty pleasure. It's fun to watch. Oh, that's all y'all can say is that it's a guilty pleasure. I'm not though. saying that it isn't all that I can say about it. I mean, we're not <laughs> denying that. Pleasures. We're not denying that at all. It, it does. It does but, lack in some but ways, like, and I can see but, that as a you know critically. But like 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 I said, that first mission that they do. I mean. They, they think that they're going in picking up an important character and it turns out to be Amanda Waller herself. It's like, what? And then she shoots what? a bunch of guys gangster. <laughs> Gangs like, for for yes. no reason. Yeah, that well, was a little odd. It that was, was weird. It was kind of like, I, th- I I mean, I know she was kind of like morally gray and kind of, yeah, but, but like, would, I didn't expect that she was like straight up like. Th- that, that was edgelord shit though, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. It was a little, a little on the nose. I'll agree. Very, very unsubtle, very, very needlessly brutal, you know? And, and, and it kind of plays into how this movie just doesn't know what tone it wants to be. You know, it doesn't want to have that dark, serious tone that they built up during like Man vs. Steel and Batman v. Superman. Or do they want to take it in that Guardians of the Galaxy direction? It, it's two conflicting premises that are just kind of pulling in, in like a tug of war. You know, I don't know. That's kind of what gives it character. It does. It's like that evil but campy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know if it even qualifies as really campy though. But my my wife was, you know, was a little confused by it because she was like, "This movie isn't for kids," and I guess she thought it was. No, no not at all. Oh um, goodness, this- it's not. I mean, it's it's definitely um, it's definitely geared towards I think if, a, an older audience. If anything, it should have been R rated. Yeah. Like I mean, there's a lot of stuff in the plot that was definitely a lot more adult that they cut out, especially regarding uh, like the Joker, who's barely in this movie. Yeah, and on that, everybody hates Jared Leto's Joker, but you yeah, know well, what? We'll get into that here in a. Yeah, that's gonna that's a whole nother can of worms right okay, there. Okay, well, when you're talking about <laughs> like, this movie, what, what would you compare it in? Like, how would you compare it to like Sausage Party, for instance, when they had Sausage that, Party? Well, that movie. Okay, it was like. It was yeah. a bad movie, not geared for kids, but it had still had that campy feel. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's not still, as bad. That was worse. It, 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 like, it still had at least had some coherent writing to it, right? And you know, the, like the, the, the screen party. the screenplay at least made uh, sense. Never it seen. Was, it. I mean, 
Yeah. Me either. It was meh. It yeah, was okay. I, it was like an adult food fight, but done better, right? Man, food yeah. fight is an adult food fight. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Jesus Collateral Christ. Cinema. Isn't episode one, guys? Is, isn't yep. that right, Robert? You were on that episode. I was like, what the hell am I watching here, dude? Yeah, this is not for kids. I'm in the middle of a podcast. I don't know what you, that is. What is this You movie? have to watch this movie. Like that, that, The animations are just... Yeah. They're just downright hilarious. Weird and I don't guy. know if they're... Tr- I don't think they're trying to yeah. be. See, like, another objectively like old, bad movie. Old PC graphics oh, or old PlayStation graphics. You know? But like, so bad it's good because it's actually hilarious. Now, going back to the plot of this movie, th- this plot... When you compare it to a movie that actually adheres to the regular three arc structure, you know, and adheres to it well, like I think Renegade Cut used uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark as an example, and that that's a very tight movie when it comes to its pacing and the actual way that the arcs go. But I mean, this movie just kind of goes into scene after scene after scene, like nothing seems to follow from the last scene to me. It's it's almost like a huge non sequitur movie. What do y'all think? Um, I mean, I feel like one thing led to another. I, I understand your confusion by this story. The story did throw me off a little bit. There were certain times when I was I wondered how they went from A to B. You yeah. know, I mean, okay, there were some I weird connections. Yeah, but and, and other and than that, I mostly I don't I understood the story. I really did because I didn't have much I didn't have that much trouble with it personally. You know, I knew what was going on. I knew each of the characters. I noticed the introduction of Slipknot was a little off you know that yeah. made no sense but they introduced characters properly i didn't have a problem with it I, it was weird though that you know enchantress is supposed to be part of the team but then she ends up being the bad guy yeah that, that's weird. that that's a whole nother level of stupidity though it's like yeah, why would you have a character that omnipotent and well why would you leave his brother in the cage i mean that well, yeah, why would see, you like, keep it, like exactly so, that's what i'm that's thinking, how you know? that's how stupid this plot is why do you have see now I'm playing devil's advocate now I'm actually railing on this but you know uh, why do you have like basically Diablo you know yeah El Diablo and you've got I mean really that's the only powerful person on that team everybody else is like, powers. yeah that's honestly like a regular person you've Those got Harley mind, Quinn has no powers mind calendar powers you can maybe argue Killer Croc has power he has a uh, like extra normal strength but he you is know? underutilized. He's very underutilized. Like he, he could him and Diablo alone could probably have taken on the but, Incubus character. Yeah, I mean Killer Croc was a cool character in the Arkham series. Yeah, the Batman Arkham games. And mm. th- there's some people that are kind of figuring that that's why he's in this movie is because yeah. of the Arkham games. A yeah, bit. you kind of wonder why he is there because he, he, I will admit he's underutilized. So yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense because it's like why are some of these regular. Joe Schmo's here. I mean, Harley Quinn. I mean, what's her power? She's just crazy. Yeah. Um, but Deadshot, Deadshot is like it, an original, you know, Suicide Squad member. He, so Deadshot is almost superhumanly good. Well, they show that. I mean, he, yeah. him and Diablo could probably take out all so of them. You know what I mean? He kind of makes a little bit of sense. Yeah. Um, and then you've got, you know, Captain Boomerang. He throws boomerangs. Yeah, uh, the, the DCCW version is way better. I mean, he kind of basically, even like the, the tech version of his boomerang, the one with the camera, I mean, that's Batman does that, yeah, and yeah. he's the greatest detective there you go. in the world, <laughs> and he's got a master at martial arts. So, yeah. Well, I mean, do y'all think that uh, this script could have benefited from a little more rewriting? Oh maybe? yeah, or like, maybe it went through too many rewrites because, from what I heard, there were so many reshoots, and eventually, yeah. like you know, we mentioned earlier, the the team that was behind the trailers who eventually edited it together to the movie. And that comes across sometimes. I'm, I'm, this movie very, definitely could have been better. Oh, very much so. We're going to touch on that here in a little bit. But I mean, what I'm getting at is what I mean. What would have? What would you have done differently on the screenplay? 
itself, you know, which is a little different from the script. The script is actually your dialogue and what moves the events forward plot-wise. Like, your screenplay is what actually happens on the screen. There's a lot to be desired with the screenplay here. I mean, I'll honestly spend more time with the characters. Some of them could have been left out yeah. and introduced in a sequel. I would have focused it more on like a core team of characters, maybe just five or six, and have almost equal screen time with them. You can have your leads, Harley Quinn and Deadshot, but you want to make sure that you have them always interacting with a different member yeah. on screen at a time. Um, like, let's take Guardians of the Galaxy, for example. I mean, obviously, Chris Pratt as Star-Lord is the lead, and Zoe Saldana's Gamora, I mean, pretty much yeah. seems right behind. And yet, you get just as much on-screen time with Rocket Raccoon and with Groot and, and with Drax. Yeah, and, and that develops their characters. Each one of them perfectly. feels special in the movie, and they all interact with each other. Yeah. So I feel like this movie could have benefited a little bit more from giving each character their own screen time. We can have less characters thrown in there. Of course, that being said, you have movies like Infinity War and Endgame that managed to give just enough character every screen time. Yeah, but again, like yeah. you said, those characters were built up in solo movies. Yeah, yeah, over a period of like 15 fucking years. Right, know? so it's hard to say, but I, I definitely think this movie could have gone the route of introducing and building these characters up in this movie. But yeah, yeah, spending more time with each of them and having them interact with each other it's, more and having it, some more chemistry on screen so that at the end when they say, you know, like we're a family, it doesn't feel forced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually have have the characters like actually show their arcs. Don't tell, you know, don't use exposition to tell us who these people are. But that you know? being said, I like the characters. I like some of the casting choices. I do yeah. think in the end they managed to get some good chemistry together and I like I like the vibes. I like the feeling and I think maybe I sympathize a lot with this movie because I like what it could have been. Yeah. Right. Well, James Gunn and James Gunn. Oh, he's going to give us what it could be. That's going to be really exciting. We're going to talk about that near well, the end of the part podcast. Two, part two? Yeah, over. part two. Jeez. Except yeah. it's basically more of a soft reboot instead of a part two, although it, it's yeah. in the same continuity. Okay. I mean, yeah. it's got the same the same characters, and it takes place in the same continuity, but in, in terms of the way the story's going, it's more of like a soft reboot. Basically, in that redid the whole thing again. Yeah. It's okay. not... I mean, everything that happened in Suicide Squad is still canon, to my understanding, and, and all the other DCEU films, but... Essentially, this is going to be focusing on a whole new team. Yeah. Some of the cast members are coming back, but the rest are new. And it'll be a whole new story that's probably unconnected. Ooh, okay. well, and that's where the DCEU is kind of shining right now. If you'll notice, in post-Suicide Squad, this seems to happen more and more. Actually, during Suicide Squad, is kind of the start of this, where they stopped trying to copy Marvel and interconnect everything. I mean, it, it does happen again in Justice League, which they'd already built up. Yeah. But after that, I mean, look at Wonder Woman. That's a movie that stands on its own. Aquaman, Shazam. Um, Shazam was good. I just watched it the other day. That was I, good. I still that haven't seen. Good movie. I haven't seen Shazam or Aquaman. I, I heard Shazam. that Aquaman is a true campy classic kind of. It's campy and it's good actually. Yeah. I mean, it, it was. It's a little cheesy, but I, I I enjoyed it. And and Shazam, I've seen part of, and I've heard that it's really I, good. I would hope that those fun. movies are better than Justice League because let me tell you. I initially was okay with that movie when I first saw it, but every time I rewatch anything from it, a clip, the trailer, like the movie itself, it always looks worse to me. It's campy and good. I it, like it. it. It just looks worse, worse, and I just tend to not like the characters as much. See, like, I haven't seen it yet, so I wouldn't know. You know? See, the DCEU is, has, 
I mean, it's kind of almost been a failure because it, it definitely almost. didn't succeed at what it. Well, you know, <laughs> some of the movies have been successful. Some of the standalone movies, you know, yeah. And we're starting to see that finally. It's just a shame that you know we're already dropping off Ben Affleck and probably Ezra Miller. So I don't know well, where they're going. Ben Affleck shows up in this movie very briefly with his, him capturing Deadshot, and man, I can't help but think that Ben Affleck just always looked very bored with this character. With, with being Batman. he it, There's many times, even especially in Justice League, where it's just like, it doesn't feel like he really wants to be there. I, I mean, didn't I didn't feel any passion to him. I mean, he just shows up for a few seconds, so, yeah. I mean, I can't really tell, but it was a fun, excuse me, it was a fun little nod, I think. A little bit of nice continuity going on. They but, referenced Superman dying and Batman versus Superman. But doesn't all that kind of feel a little forced here? A little bit. I agree. Like, I mean... The DCEU has... I mean, it's really lukewarm for me. I, I I liked Man of Steel. Batman versus Superman was was stupid. I mean, it was yeah. It, it felt. I've heard that the director's cut is actually better. Well, yeah, that's what they say about this movie, and I heard it's pretty much just like ugh. I haven't seen yeah. the director's cut. So let's go on to the actual casting and the characters here. Do y'all feel that the people who were cast here really fit their characters well enough? Did you think that they really kind of captured the essences of everything? What do you think, Dakota? I think so. Uh, Deadshot, Harley Quinn. I mean, those are two characters we talked about. Yeah, those are some of the best characters in the movie. Yeah, yeah Margot they Robbie sh- and, and, and Will Smith, they are definitely the better parts of this movie. I like Joel Kinnaman's character. I like where he was going with that. I liked his character. That was uh, Flag, uh, right? Yeah, Flag. I got gotcha. you. Okay. He's another one of the, those characters that's on the team that's kind of like, why, why is he here? What, yeah. what, what, what does he have to contribute? They have he's to, got, actually have to save his ass. took the lead and he's got everybody's yeah. on. I mean, yeah. hey, that, Robert, that guy came out of the following or Robert, something. Robert, they, they, they got Scott Eastwood in this the movie, right? killing Netflix. Yeah, they got Scott Eastwood first. Oh, like, that's terrible. They didn't give him enough credit. Not at all. Enough lines. They should have made him a little more upfront. He's probably just casting. got a page of lines. That's probably it. You Seriously, know. they. I mean, he's a legitimately good actor. Yeah, he's I mean, very there, good. there's legitimately good actors here all across the board. Yeah, I want to say a lot of the that the didn't get enough screen time or enough credit at all. Like, a lot of the yeah casting choices are good. They just were underutilized, or yeah. they, you know, they didn't work with the script as well. Or maybe in the case of like Amanda Waller, overutilized a little bit. Mm, yeah, like I mean, of course, Joker. You know, Jared Leto. Okay, I he's mean, not horrible. I. I think his interpretation of the Joker is interesting. I like the scene where he like kind of he gets on the guy's lap and like it's kind of got a little bit of that homoerotic quality that I feel like is kind of in line with the Joker's personality. Yeah, he does kind of have that feel, especially with his relationship with Batman himself. Lester, Lester, hit me one more time. I'm, come on, man. You got to call upstairs and tell them to float me in their 10K. Good job, man. He's killing it. Come on, man. Why am I here? All right. Yeah, I'm down. I get it. All right. I've had a run of bad decks. Not my fault. All right. Dude, this is real. I had to stop these guys from burning down your house with your kids in it. But you're lucky. Yeah, maybe. Why, why do you think so? Yo, Slick. What's up? Briggs, you are? You might want to keep your mouth shut. Can I go, man? What the, what, what's going on, man? This is crazy. Blah, 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 blah. 
All of that chit-chat's gonna get you hurt. Oh, my God. a little intimidating in, in that scene too where he you know he puts his arms on the chest on, on the on the shoulders and all this chit-chat's gonna get you hurt and he he's 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 just a little bit unhinged i actually appreciate it. i think jared leto put his all into the performance i think he wasn't given as much to work with um and again he's barely in the movie honestly that's something that kind of colors my perception of his whole interpretation of the jokers that we just don't see enough of it to really fit the context of the movie I yeah, will say they kind of over-romanticized his relationship with Harley Quinn. That's very disturbing to me because if you actually know anything about the actual comics or anything or like going all the way back to the cartoon, Animated, which is where series. Yeah, the yeah. animated series, which is where she actually originated from, yeah. it was always a very creepy and abusive relationship. Well, supposedly, it originally was. like I think he, in, in the original version of the script, I think he like tries to, to let Harley die in the helicopter or something like he, he pushes her out for a different reason and like tries to kill her. Yeah. And that got changed last minute. And uh, it's kind of unfortunate because now you've got this whole group of people that think they want a relationship like Joker and Harley. And it's like, no, you don't. They're uh-huh. not a good example. Oh, man, the, the, the fucking cringy memes you see on fucking, especially Facebook or Instagram. I mean, if they could Dear God, combine the aspect of him, like having this like attachment to her yeah. with being like abusive and bad for her. Yeah. I think that could have been cool, but in the comics and in, and in the, well, originally in the cartoons, cause Harley Quinn is originally a, a cartoon character. Actually, yeah. he is kind of one sided. He uses her, you know, um, Fully. what so, made them decide not to use the original black and red. Why do they stick with pink and pink and blue for their sex appeal? Yeah. Sex appeal. That's yeah. what I figured, you know, yeah, like I mean, that's their, her original car- colors are black, white, and red. She does also have a um, uniform that's kind of similar to that in the comics. I've seen it really? before. Yeah. Well, also, it adds that neon feel again, you know? That forced neon feel, which, I mean, that's a whole other thing that we're going to talk about here in a little bit, but go, go on. The way she looks actually is kind of like the way she appears in the Batman Arkham games. Oh, I see. And, and that being said, they do show her in her original costume and she pulls it out for a second too. Right. See, I, I almost want to say, why don't they just make a movie based on the Arkham games? You know, Honestly? why not? Why not make a movie like that? I mean, they, they could have gone all horror with it just like the games did. I mean, yeah, that could have been really great because just like how the like, Spider-Man PS4 game was pretty much like the best Spider-Man movie, in my opinion, like yeah. cinematically, you know, even though it's not a movie, Batman Arkham kind of achieves that uh, as a game series as well. It, it definitely portrays Batman, I think, the way he's supposed to be and, and all these other characters and several of the characters that appear in this film, like Deadshot, like Harley Quinn, like Killer Croc. Yeah, yeah. I mean... And that, that's definitely a future episode of Collateral Gaming. I think... I'd rather do an episode on all of the Arkham games, you know, all, all three, each nice. now, the three main ones. Yeah. yeah. Now, how do you guys think the actual direction by David Ayers influenced the uh, overall acting in this movie? Like, do you think that it bogged it down a little bit? Cause I, that, that's what I kind of feel like a lot of this was kind of directorial in how every character kind of comes across to the audience and everything, you know, like what do y'all think? Hmm. Um, 
mostly just the dialogue was kind of out there, you know what I mean? Yeah, the, the dialogue was yeah, a big you know part I mean? of that, you so. know? And, and, and it, you know, the director's job is to make sure that everything kind of congeals like it's that. It's like he was like, just the directing the, the scenery, walking through it mostly. Yeah, that's what and it kind of felt like. Not enough like. dialogue, really. And, and the and dialogue it, that was there was just shit. Oh, it was just a little God. shitty, I mean. That's a killer app. That was pretty bad. <laughs> but then some of the well, dialogue is, is a little charming. I mean... I like I said by the end, if, if a little forced. I mean, the characters do kind of have some on-screen chemistry that works. So are you telling me that works some kind of Suicide Squad? <laughs> yeah, but that was kind <laughs> of necessary. Th- 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 right there's there. a rule on this yeah. podcast that any time a movie quotes its own title, a litter of kittens are born. Oh my god! Oh, so right, just right now, litter of kittens, totally born. Lady, that's gangster. Hell yeah, man! I mean, yeah, there there's some good parts to this. There are some cringy parts. Um, I think it's part of the experience. What do you think are the cringiest parts of, especially like uh, acting wise, uh, as far as the characters? Killer are app. Oh yeah. Um, there was something else that was like he was like like Deadshot's like you are evil, and that kind of felt like he kind of didn't know what to say, and he ad libbed. Of course, Will Smith is, is a good actor. I will say that. Oh, but yeah. I mean, what else? There was there was some other stuff that just kind of came across. I mean, I'm beautiful. Kind of was out of nowhere. It was a little weird. Croc's lines were all a little odd. I couldn't I, understand him. I to be honest with you. Really? Well, I understand. His what he was voice saying. was so hard to understand. Really? I understand yeah. what he was it, saying. It's just that it was a. It was odd. It was a really odd way of doing it. They should have made it a little more clear. They should have made him. I don't know. It was, th- it was an odd way. Of doing I think. It. I think his prosthetics are a little overdone, and that kind of yeah. hampers his performance a bit. Like it, especially in how he's able to deliver his lines because. I'm sure that it was probably very difficult to talk in that fucking getup. I mean, probably right. They could have just gone with CG. I mean, that worked for Guardians well, of the Galaxy. Or all they yeah. had to do is just voice over. Well, I mean, that's did. the thing. I can appreciate some practical effects, man. And I can kind of appreciate that they went that way with Killer Croc. But, I mean, I just feel like it's a little bit overdone. They, they could have scaled back the facial features a lot. Like, he was very scaly and very covered with horns and shit. It's like... That's the I, way he's supposed to be. I but think. I, I remember his design, especially in the animated series, as being very streamlined. You know, mm. he's definitely humanoid, but you definitely see the crocodilian features as well. I mean, they could have scaled it down a little bit. Scaled. <laughs> <laughs> oh hell no! Um, they could have scaled it down a little bit. I mean, if they wanted to ground this movie a little bit more, I mean, that kind of might have worked too. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, some of the actors work. Who do you think was? maybe miscast in this movie miscast i mean dakota said you, you don't really like the captain boomerang performance right jack courtney's yeah I, I didn't like that i mean i like jack yeah. courtney as an actor i don't want to diss him but i just i didn't like his character and the portrayal i think it was just the the whole demeanor of the character it's a very odd way that they kind of present his character like for instance that whole thing with the pink unicorn yeah that was like, weird see I, i've watched a lot of i pretty much completed what is out right now of the dccw series the television series, you know, and I believe it's superior than Suicide Squad than the, you know, than the DCEU. Yeah, they have a portrayal of Suicide Squad in that. And universe, they do. Right. And Deadshot is in it. And I really do love the Floyd Lawton in that one. But I also like Will Smith. I, I think they're both pretty good characters. Yeah. But I yeah. think DCCW's performance is really good. It, it fit more like Deadshot. Who's, who's supposed to play Deadshot in the next movie? No one. No uh, one right uh, Originally, Idris Elba was cast as Deadshot. Yeah. But now they're going to cast him as a different character. And they're just going to let Deadshot kind of fall by the wayside? Well, 
it or, allows Will Smith to come back if he wants to. Oh, okay. I That's see. why. That's why James Gunn is going with that decision. And, and it's pretty clear. Will Smith is a little hard to get a hold of now. Yeah. He's doing Gemini. Just got done making them. Yeah, yeah. Gemini, man. Of course. That's- Looks like an interesting movie, I guess. He did kind of uh, step his career down a little bit when he did YouTube Rewind. He did YouTube uh, Rewind, really? And it was, that was bad. He was the only decent part of it, but it still, yeah, it brings him down a little decent? bit, doesn't it? But, I mean, it feels like all he was doing was just playing Will Smith the entire time. Yeah, he's playing really, Bad yeah. Boys 1 and 2 all over again. Right? Yeah, I mean, I it, it feels like he's kind of <laughs> stuck in a loop there. Love that. I mean, that's an example of an actor, I think, who I don't even think he was really invested in the performance, but he's such a good actor that... He still works. Right, yeah. Like, um, Margot Robbie, though. Margot Robbie really actually, I mean, I think she's she's in it. You know what I mean? She, she's into the performance, and, and she comes, she shines when she does it. She will be back for the next Suicide Squad movie, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's also in her own standalone movie, Birds of Prey. Birds yes. of Prey. That's just Which coming out very soon. I'm actually very excited for that, because that might actually have the tone that they were looking for in this movie that, you know... It, it might actually strike the right notes in that respect. And I mean, she's it, broken up with the Joker in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. So who's uh, directing that movie? Oh shit! I'm not really sure. I'm gonna have to Google that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm definitely anticipating the Birds of Prey movie and the next Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. It's just, I mean, David Ayers to me. I mean, he's good at like police procedural type stories. You know, he's good. He did Training Day. Like he did. Uh, oh, that was good. Ooh. Yeah, it, it's a chick. Ethan Hart. Oh, it's Kathy Yan. Who is it? Kathy Yan. Kathy Yan. All that's, right. That's appropriate because it's 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 an all female lead. Yep. Yeah, uh, that's totally appropriate, and I'm I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, be I mean, and, and that's a really interesting place to take the character. I think next, kind of letting her shine and, and be independent. The writer's a female too. Oh, really? So we're kind of going like Slumber Party Massacre now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Honestly, yeah. It's kind of Slumber Party Massacre style. Great yeah. movies. That's that's awesome. Fucking A. Female's perspective for once, right? Robert, who do you think may have been kind of miscast, and who would you have recast here? Uh, I don't want to crapple over Jared Little's character's performance, really, but... Yeah, well, like, like I said... I think so he was trying to outdo Heath Ledger, really, mostly. He yeah, didn't do that. No, no, not no. not by a long shot. I mean, he didn't. He wasn't in there long enough. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Caesar Romero, or I don't know. What do you think, Jack Nicholson's Joker too? Do Do you think that his portrayal of the Joker was probably closer to the Romero Nicholson style more than the? I think he tried to legend. do. I think he tried to do his own thing. Really, he definitely doing his own you know? thing. I was gonna yeah. say that too. Yeah. He's kind of got that gangster feel, and and that's kind of a cool place to see the Joker go. I mean, I'd like to see a successful performance. Oh, kind he's, of pull he's more. That of, off. Yeah, he's more of a thug, really. Yeah. I mean, kind of this gangster crime lord. I mean, that that's a cool aspect. It's a very modern Joker, yeah, and and I feel like in a different. If that had been done. If it had been executed better, I think it would have been well received. Yeah, like if he he doesn't have to sit there and clap his hands, go. I'm an idea. It's like, that's cringe, man. What about the scene where he's laying on the floor with all the knives? Yeah. No, that's total cringe. It's like, who fucking does that? Yeah. Even within the context of a movie like this. And do you think that? Narciss- <laughs> it's like, come on Narcissistic now. Narcissism. I don't know. That's, it, it, it just makes you realize how great Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker was because he didn't need all the that ostentatious shit. You're I mean, absolutely right. No, no, no. Heath Ledger was fantastic. His his portrayal it was all performance. It was the most performative version of the character that there ever was. That we haven't seen since Tim Burton's Batman. Yeah, 
And really? yeah. that, that was kind of more of an anarchist Joker. And I want to say that from what I've heard, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker kind of almost falls follows in that foot, those footsteps. I'm really looking forward to checking out Joker. Like, I mean, I think oh, we man. might even do an at the theater episode think, on it. I think we ought to. Michael Cornwell, who was yeah. going to be on this episode, uh, messaged me and said that we really should do it. He said he watched the movie and he really liked it. Well, he nice. needs to be on that episode. Then. Yeah, he, yeah, he definitely needs to be on that episode, Michael. I, I think I think we should get him on. Hey, Michael, if you're listening, bro. I mean, yeah, I know, Michael, we, we just messaged today. And you bailed on us, so um, I'm hurt. I'm really hurt. Yeah, we're, we're hurt. You you hurt our feelings. Happy we're, birthday, we're very very yeah. Happy birthday, dude! But we're <laughs> yeah, very dude. very distressed. And very disappointed. <laughs> I mean, Dakota is beside himself. He's livid. Absolutely beside myself. Look, I mean, yeah. Listen Especially to after him. that uh, last time I was when I was joined them in the Country Club podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that was terrible. Oh, that was terrible. Really. Yeah, they're making fun of me. Oh, come on. That's Rude. just that's just that's really? just how that podcast goes. I mean, how many times during that that whole session did you pull out your phone and take a Snapchat? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> <laughs> you probably should have Snapchatted the hell out of it. It would have been funny. You know what Dakota uh, is? Dakota's our resident fuckboy. He is a total fuckboy. He he is he is Jared Leto's oh the Joker. <laughs> he is a resident fuckboy. Okay. <laughs> because that's that's pretty much what Jared Leto's version of this is. He's he's a fuckboy Joker. No, he's not a fuckboy. <laughs> he is fuckboy. <laughs> he's Joker. got his one girl, so that that's kind of anti fuckboy. And that's what's weird is that he actually is sentimentally attached to Harley. Again, that could have worked. It could have been a good element Maybe. if it also showed him just being like abusive and you have like this kind of conflict where it's kind of like well yeah he actually is attached to her and he's like obsessed with her but like he treats her like shit so he doesn't really love her he's just and that may have been what they were going for but they didn't actually show him like being abusive and i feel like that's kind of what the character it still it still feels like a very one-sided relationship though i think they tried too hard to make the whole thing sympathetic and we should be sympathetic for harley i think that works we're going live with task force x pull them Take her. Do not fire that goddamn weapon! Open the gates! Everybody line up for stretch in! Let's go! Move, move, Yeah. Open the door! Let's go! Is that the new guy? What is that? What is that? Who are you? Stand by. Army device. Yeah, I don't know who you are. Place on. Hey, hey, I'm talking to you. Hey, I'm talking to you. Ah! Injection successful. Location verified. Anybody who touches me is dead. Anybody who... T- ah! Oh, lady. Hey. Hot miss. Uh, Location verified. That? Next. Are you deaf? You want them deaf hoes? Oh, come on. Let him get it done. Listen, you're being transferred. I don't know where you're going. It's from Mr. J. You gonna tell him I took care of you? You're so screwed. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? Get off. Get off. Harley, what do you mean by that? Harley! 
you know, but I, I don't think we the Joker should be sympathetic. I think she felt like she was, I don't know, it looked more Stockholm syndrome with her. You know? That's the like, whole idea. Like she was a, his you know, captor. That, that's the whole idea with Harley Quinn. Is that pretty cool. She's, and it's usually one-sided. She's in love with the Joker. He uses kind of like, she's yeah. a, a doctor. Yeah. I fell in love with her patient. So yeah, yeah. it does happen. Very Stockholm. Yeah. And yeah the, <laughs> the, the way they depict that is really wonky to me. Like how Joker and Harley Quinn's relationship actually develops. Well, I mean, eventually very... they jump, she jumps into the acid. Yeah. For him. <sighs> they could have spent more time <sighs> with exposition on that. Actually, Yeah. That was interesting. Kind of oh, showing. Yeah. Let's have more exposition in the movie. That's just almost 30 minutes of exposition <laughs> dump. Yeah, I just want to say that. if they had focused more on like, I guess the transforming over time. But as soon as we see them, she, he, she's head over heels with him. Yeah. I mean, even look at like the Batman Arkham Asylum. Okay. This game was able to build that up just using the Joker Harley relationship and how it slowly transformed. Yeah. They were able to build that up using just like audio tapes in the background. And you were able to pick those up. And I know that's an element you can't really have in the movie, but yeah. you could pick up those and you could kind of get this sense. It, it could be done quickly enough where you could show with each visit, like, at first, you know, she was sympathetic and like she's intrigued by him, but like, you know, she still has her bearing straight. But then over time, you know, he's got her and then eventually he asks, you know, I want yeah. a machine gun. Well, right. It was a little out of order, it seemed. I guess I see what you're saying with that. You know, it was it was out of order. You weren't sure at what point she decided that yeah. she was head over heels for him, you know. Yeah, it, it was way too inconsistent. Well, she immediately was. We never got to see that transformation. Yeah. So it's kind of like, is she just bad at her job? Was she crazy from the beginning? You're left with a lot of questions. So yeah. that yeah. could have been done better. But again, what is there I like? I don't I don't like the way that they're overly romanticized, but I think that could have been tempered if they had just shown a little bit more of like yeah. the abusive nature of the relationship. Well, that kind of takes me into the next segment here, which is really about just, how ugly the movie looks and how ugly the tone of the movie actually is. And, and going on what you were saying, a big part of that is there's a lot of real hardcore violence against women and straight up sexism even. I mean, Harley Quinn is punched. Slipknot punches that one cop. There's everything that happens with Enchantress. I mean, it's very, very negative towards women. Like, but, even, know, even the way that Amanda Waller is portrayed, it's just kind of... Ugh, just kind of ucky. Isn't that what happens, you know, in real life? But, in, I mean, this is supposed to be a comic book movie. Do we need it to be that close to real life? I mean, we already had the closest thing to that with the Nolan trilogy. I mean, and they were trying to do that already with Batman v Superman and Man vs. Steel. Like, th this was supposed to be the movie that was kind of supposed to move away from that. But yeah, it, it didn't, it, it failed on that, and the tone suffers as a result. It, it's kind of stuck in the middle. But like I said, I think it gives it character. And when you, when you talk about, you know, even like the color grading and stuff, cinema, cinematically like, or cinematographically, I should say. Cinema, cinematographically. 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 Yeah. <laughs> there we go. I mean, I like it. I, I think this movie definitely has its own character. I think it. But with the sexism towards women and all oh, the no, violence. The, okay, like, no, we don't like that. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, that I mean, was a little unnecessary. I agree. If they were kind of going for a mix between gritty and, and comical, I, that part definitely could have been left out, I think, as far as yeah. gritty goes. But just the, the, even the attempts at humor throughout just is just kind of ugly in its own right. Like, like for instance, that uh, one prison guard that 
supposedly like tortures all these motherfuckers, but is also in on the Joker's take or something. Yeah, that was really funny. Well, he ends up getting bribed. Yeah, but that, that, that doesn't that doesn't make a whole lot of sense though. It's like I mean, well, he's not blackmailed. He, he's not that high up on the prison hierarchy to be able to be able to have any influence is he i mean they, they didn't really play that whole you know him saving her out of prison thing because that was just like a sideline thing it was kind of weird yeah well, there's that one there's that one scene and it's all in that very weird neon purplish tone where he's like force feeding harley quinn it's like didn't anybody kind of feel a little grossed out by uh, that it looked like a bunch of birthday cakes um like frost, yeah frosting. yeah <laughs> it, it was that weird shake that they yeah. were Oh, it's and, like and Martyrs, right? I don't think oh that it's gosh. anywhere close to Martyrs, dude. <laughs> that movie had a point to it. That movie had a fucking point. This movie doesn't have a point. You don't have a point. Oh, whatever. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, the actual humorous bent that that takes, it's just very, very incongruous to me, and it and th- it just further darkens the tone. It doesn't add any levity to anything. It's It's punching down. And that's the problem with the humor in this movie. It's a complete total punching down on everybody, punching down on the characters, punching down on women, punching down on, on this and that. That's what it feels like, P- punching down on the audience even. You know, I didn't really notice that as much. I mean, I kind of feel like you're reading a lot into this because even like the violence against women, it didn't stand out to me. I, I hadn't even really noticed that. Well, yeah. I mean, it, when you look at it absolutely objectively, I mean, it's there. It's an undercurrent. And... You're just like, ugh. It's like it, it doesn't make anybody look that redeemable. And there's some elements of redeemability to some of these characters, like especially with Harley and Deadshot. But even Deadshot at one point stretches was like, I don't care if you are a girl, I will hit you. Yeah. It's like, I mean that 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 was the point of the the scene. I mean that was important to know. But still, that that's still part of that ugly tone that I'm talking about. You know. And especially the whole mismatch between the color grading. Like, it tries to be neon colored, and then it's all this weird grayish, greenish, brownish hue. Like, like, like it's a war movie or something. That, that's, that really doesn't help anything to me. Well, it's also Gotham, too. I mean, think about it that way. Yeah, but they don't even really portray Gotham that well, honestly. Honestly, this movie should have taken place in Gotham. It should have um, taken place in Gotham, yeah. I mean, that's where it should have taken place, because th- then that, that feel would have been... A lot better. I mean, know? isn't isn't the correctional place that they're at the 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 prison? Isn't that in like Louisiana or something? Yeah, it's somewhere in Louisiana. I think that's what they said, like a swampy area. I mean, yeah. they introduced it at the very beginning. There was a house. Yeah. Oh god, that, that's another thing. Is just how the actual score is used. It it feels like this was literally just things taken off of someone's playlist or something. This, this is another example of playlist scoring. But I soundtrack i like the songs that were picked i mean you've yeah, got but, i mean panic it, at the discos version of bohemian rhapsody and i like it almost as much as i like the original queen version if there's any singer yeah, that can get close but to is, uh freddie mercury's voice is, it's brendan urie is it used well enough in the movie i don't no. care it's there <laughs> but, but I mean, it's it's intrinsic to the actual structure of the movie, dude. I, mean, I was listening to the movie soundtrack for weeks after the movie came out, bro. Like I was like in bed. Yeah, yeah. Twenty one pilots. Yeah. You actually, go Heathens on Pandora. And I did that with or, Baby Driver or iHeartRadio for Just a little bit. Yeah, you're bound to listen to most all that shit. Don't get me wrong. I did the same thing with Guardians. Of, Guardians of the Galaxy came out. I had downloaded the album and put the whole like, thing. Hey, yeah. But but it's like Symphony for the Devil to introduce Amanda Waller. House of the Rising Sun to introduce Deadshot. Fucking, I mean, 
it's also on the nose and there's even times where it just takes away from the movie for me like like that one scene where harley is in the elevator and she's like uh, looking at herself and prating herself up and then that one zombie putty dude comes in it's like i mean the song that's played in the background it doesn't make it seem like a tense situation it doesn't make it seem humorous at all it just is and that's the worst thing you can do with a uh, with a score is you know place it in the background of the movie to where it doesn't affect anything but it doesn't take away anything it just it's just there that's what it feels like it feels like the score in this movie is there yeah but that was a kick-ass car right robert oh, oh yeah that's yeah that, that that's all robert wanted to talk about he wanted to talk about joker's car all right all right no, robert okay. Okay. No, you, you what, can keep talking i know you like to hear yourself no 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 no, no. go ahead and <laughs> talk about the car robert so what's up with that car what do you want to know about the car everything it's got four wheels and a motor it's got four wheels it's got a motor it looks like the joker okay, okay there we go <laughs> that, that works for no, me no no no. this is robert's time to shine this is this oh, is robert's no, no. section where this, he talks about the cars this is all you guys what come on come on bro. come on man you're the resident car expert what do you want to know about it what's its overall speed what kind of motor does it have like what's under the hood man like i mean well what what well, makes what that it? what it, makes that car unique infinity g35 body right on uh, which is like the American version of the Nissan Skyline. Anyway, that kit car you can buy for like $30,000 and it looks like $200,000. That's yeah. one of your supercars you can get for thirty grand. And cut the roof off an Infiniti and throw it over and you yeah. got your supercar. What, what, are, what are the uh, features that you can usually kind of upgrade or, you know? Um, what people are doing is kind of dropping BMW motors in that thing. Oh, I see. And just roll caging it out and throwing like, light carbon over it or something you know so it just kind of lightens it up and gives it yeah. a little extra speed going you're, down you're taking the metal body off and you're put a roll cage and just yeah 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 that that sounds like a light car it'll go like. faster yeah and uh, how, how do you think it looks in the movie like especially the way that they use it well they call it the vader and that was created in this guy's garage oh wow and he made a whole company just doing that out of his garage and it was just specifically to make this for the movie or yeah wow they needed a car and they looked at his concept idea and yeah they decided this is going to be the joker's car wow that's fucking crazy and what was what is the scene where it features prominently it's that highway scene where batman is chasing them and yeah, then they yeah uh, he's attached to the car and then yeah. he like flips him in the river yeah and then then he goes in there and he punches harley quinn in the fucking yeah. <laughs> straight in the fucking nose yes there's not enough screen time for the car i guess either no there wasn't there wasn't enough time for it to shine either no yeah i mean it was very it was interesting when it was on screen there's was like bright pink right no it was like a like a shiny metallic pink yeah like something a like pink that purple thing right? yeah once again that weird neon coloring to the movie as that well, almost. there's <laughs> one of those infinities down the road over here Oh yeah, yes, and the guy knows what he has too. Some people Sweet. change. The, some people change the back emblems. They take the Infinity stuff off, and they put Skyline GTR on the back, since it's the American version. You know, right on. Now the action sequences in this movie. How do you feel that they were actually shot? Like, I mean, do they look good enough? I mean, a lot of it seemed like a blur to me, in so many ways. It is. I mean, a lot of it's obscured. There's a lot of almost too many particles, but I do like where the characters at the end kind of like have this chain going on and they kind of work together cooperatively. At the very that end, yeah, cool there's moment. a last move that they could do, which is the, you know, Harley Quinn throwing her gun to Deadshot 
and then Killer Croc throwing the bomb, but it being Joel Kinnaman's idea. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. Deadshot shoots it. You know, so it uses a little bit of everybody there. But the, the way that a, a lot of this comes down to editing to me, the way that that scene is edited, it just doesn't really flow well to me. And that's a problem with a lot of the action sequences in this movie is that, I mean, it just feels like there's just not enough there for it to really cut through and really like make me want to sit there at the edge of my seat and be like, oh, what's going to happen to Harley Quinn? Or, oh, what's going to happen to Diablo? You know, or yeah, Flag well, or whatever. They, they did a really weird job of, you know, having a mystical creature and a mystical magical thing and you defeating it by using human means, you know, non-magical. Like a, they just make a bomb underneath you know, the big guy, Which and they throw a de- detonated C4, what is it, dynamite into the yeah. girl. It's weird. Which which doesn't make sense when it comes to the actual reason that this squad exists. I mean, isn't this supposed to take on, like, a metahuman, like Superman or something? No, I think so. How the fuck are these people going to do any damage to someone like Superman? I, I will say that, that that is a little questionable. It's, it's like, kind of like, why did... Why do you have like yeah basically I mean, almost ninety percent people ninety percent of this team almost I mean I'm maybe eighty nine percent of them are Batman villains right well mm-hmm. the they, idea they, they they only make sense fighting Batman huh? what was that I should kill everyone and escape sorry the voices <laughs> I'm kidding jeez that's not what they really said what do we got here. 12 pounds of shit in a 10 pound sack. Welcome to the party, Captain Boomerang. Hey, 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 what's going on, man? Calm down. Hey, well, I mean, I'm playing Mahjong with me now. I think this red streak hits me out of nowhere. Shut up, you were caught robbing a diamond exchange. Oh, boss, not. Here comes Slipknot, the man who can climb anything. Wonderful. Have a good time, scumbag. She had a mouth. <laughs> Listen up. You're next. Injection you got. It's a nanite explosive. It's the size of a rice grain, but it's powerful as a hand grenade. You disobey me, you die. You try to escape, you die. You otherwise irritate or vex me, and guess what? You die. I'm known to be quite vexing. I'm just forewarning you. Ladies, shut up! This is the deal. You're going somewhere very bad to do something that'll get you killed. But until that happens, you're my problem. Mm. So was that like a, a pep talk? Yeah, those pep talk. Here's your shit. Grab what you need for a fight. We're wheels up in 10. You might want to work on your team motivation thing. You heard of Phil Jackson? Yeah. He's like the gold standard, okay? Triangle, bitch. Study. The idea is give them weapons and the means to, you know what I mean? Deadshot, for instance, he doesn't miss his target. So if you give mm-hmm. him the weapon that can that has kryptonite bullets in it, you know what I mean? Kryptonite bullets, things like that, you know, give yeah, him the means but to. But when, when it comes to this movie, that's kind of neither here nor there, right? I mean, Superman's already dead and everything. Yep. And who's to say that the next metahuman will be taken down by kryptonite? doesn't have to be just kryptonite. I mean, you've got to find his weakness. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I understand that. Every villain has its weakness, especially in comic books. You know? I mean, they do take down Enchantress. 
Yeah, and she has an obvious weakness, her heart. Take the heart out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that wasn't even what they used to kill her in the end. Because they did, and it didn't work. She oh, just, her right. brother healed her. Yeah. That was a weird plot line that they didn't use enough. And then, and it was a little convenient. And she, they they should have. Right. Look. What should have happened was is they should have, you know, made the heart like, you know, not actually damaged until the end, and that would have been part of the plot device. But then she still lives, you know, afterwards, and then they kill her. They should have done that more towards the end. That was a weird. Or they could have made it to where the only that. way that they can destroy the heart is to give it back to her. True. Yeah. You that's, know, that's they, a good that would have been a better way to go with that. I think. But then they steal her out her actual heart, so that's just weird. Yeah, yeah. honestly, I, I feel like she wasn't used well as a villain. I, I think that, like you know, like you guys said, it should have been. I mean, I don't want to say should have been Batman because I don't know how well that would have worked. But they could have definitely gone with maybe somebody that wasn't a metahuman. I'm not. I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe somebody that was, but not like you know, like a fucking god. Yeah, that's literally what Enchantress is. She's pretty much like a witch goddess. Thing. Yeah. I mean, they even say like they worshipped us as gods, and, and and Diablo, he he actually has a god within him. That as well. was that was kind of strange, yeah. Aztec. And then he's gone actually already. You yeah. know, they killed him off at the end. Oh, that's right, they did, huh? Yeah. Damn. So, this movie had a very, let's say, interesting production behind it. I mean, so I've heard. Especially regarding Jared Leto's behavior as the Joker, because he's apparently a method actor. He, he mm. does that sort of school of acting. So he would he would actually send weird little gifts to his co-hosts or his co-stars, I should say, and stuff like you know condoms and anal beads. And Where's my fucking money, Batman? <laughs> <laughs> Talk about okay, method yeah. acting. Yeah, real method acting. It's like. Ding! We, we we did our room reference. Did, didn't he? Oh, you're right. Yeah, there we go. Our room reference. Woo! Wait, and yeah. Ash talked about how terrible Master of Disguise was earlier. So, dude, that's been referenced. We don't three, have to quote so. it. It's okay. Okay. Yeah, I thought yeah. we were gonna go yeah. with season three without all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, season three is going swimmingly well so far. Apparently, we're carrying all of the baggage of season two with us. Yeah, <laughs> apparently, all that baggage. Apparently, it was a burning. Damn it. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> do you think that that level of method acting actually? brought anything to the table as far as Leto's performance is concerned like it seems like utilized more I think it could have been good because I appreciate I appreciate what he put into the performance I do and I can see that but I mean he is no Heath Ledger no not at all you're right yep yeah I mean Heath Ledger could probably riff on the character just endlessly but hey nothing's better than Tommy Wiseau is the Joker Tommy Wiseau is the Joker what about about Jack Nicholson Cesar Romero is the Joker sorry yeah Tommy Wiseau's Joker is what about Joaquin Phoenix is he in the new Joker Joker yeah Joaquin Phoenix so far it sounds like he's really really good that's pending. We got to go see that movie. Yeah, yeah, we got to see that and movie. Compare. And apparently, Jared Leto is let down. He said he's alienated because. Um, oh, boo hoo! Don't make such an alienating performance. <laughs> Supposedly, I think he may show up for a cameo in Birds of Prey. That would be using, interesting. But I think it may only be archival footage. Oh, Just okay. like oh, there's some like leaks going around and stuff. And and I think I saw that 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 may be a possibility. Yeah. So he may be back in another Harley Quinn and Joker movie. That I think they may be. Well, I mean, he said that there was enough footage to make an entire Harley Quinn Joker movie, anyway. So who knows? Maybe we'll see that. Now, this movie had reshoots, lots of reshoots, due to the negative uh, reaction to the original director's cut of this movie. Because apparently this is this movie is kind of an amalgamation of two different cuts. It's uh, David Ayer's director's cut and the trailer house cut. 
you know, which really, really is obvious throughout the movie. You can tell where the trailer house took over and yeah, but that, that's why some of these scenes don't really add up in the overall structure of the plot. I think that's really what went wrong with this movie. This movie had promise and I think it could have worked. I mean, obviously there are some decisions yeah. directorially and, and, and from a and from a writer's pers- writing perspective that are a little odd, but, but they really, may have worked better if the movie was, was cut better and if it was... Yeah, if it was edited a little differently and he probably even had another 10 minutes taken off of its runtime, it probably would have worked. I mean, I don't know if we need to cut time off i mean i'll I'll go on record again saying i don't think that movies need to be shorter but i i think that there's some movies it it really just depends on the screenplay and the script if if the script falters you know a longer runtime is going to falter i mean i think sometimes i mean uh, more time can actually make the movie better for instance there just didn't seem to be enough of the characters yeah and maybe that's because exposition was taking up so much of the movie but i don't know i feel like we we could have gotten a little bit more, and if we'd gotten you know an extra ten minutes of just character interaction, yeah. that could have worked well. Yeah, I mean that that's a big thing. Is like if they would have just cut another one, at least one of those extra exposition dumps, they would have had enough time for that type of character I development. Mean, again, look at the way the Guardians of the Galaxy movies are directed. Look at Infinity War. Look at Endgame. Look at how well each of the characters still get screen time, uh, yeah. mixed in with each other. The Suicide Squad should take notes and. I mean, we'll know that it will because James Gunn is directing it, so... Yeah, but who's going to edit it? That's the thing. I, I think DC is starting to learn its from its mistakes. Yeah. And they've really got an opportunity to capitalize <clears throat> on the success of superhero movies following Marvel Studios doing so well. They just need to produce good movies. They keep going with it. I mean, Aquaman yeah. and Shazam did pretty well. People are Wonder Woman did well. People are excited for some of the upcoming projects. Yeah, like Wonder Woman eighty four and Woman. Birds of Prey. And then we've got uh, Matt Reeves Batman with Robert Pattinson. Oh, that's up. that's going to be very interesting. I want to see what Robert Pattinson does with the character, which may or may not be part of of the DCEU. We're not sure yet, but I think it is. I think Robert Pattinson is supposed to be a, a younger. Ben Affleck and that could be really fun Uh, and I think it's supposed to kind of harken back to the characters like detective history and there's a comic line that they're going to be that's that's inspired by I can't remember what it was I think it was the long Halloween or something that's interesting yeah now critical reception to this movie was very very negative it was poor it was piss poor I mean I want to say when it first came out it was kind of almost divisive right it was kind of like like Man of Steel was because I mean didn't it have like on Rotten Tomatoes have a higher audience score than the critic score I believe so this is what happens okay and I I talked to you about this this is kind of one of the it's just a product of of the way like you know like the social media and and technology works in the information era which I'm not complaining about I I like our system but one thing that happens and this happened with it chapter 2 is it goes from being an okay movie to like to a bad movie very very quickly if you get even a hint of well this movie could have been better i think the next person has that in their mind and then they watch the movie and they they're already set to expect less yeah and and sometimes the movie surprises you and it's actually good but most of the time people take those preconceptions with them and and i do think it's it's kind of an issue i think watch Suicide Squad with a clear mind. I mean, I did. When I first came out, I had no idea what to expect. And I enjoyed it. I actually had a fun time. And I think as long as it it's entertaining to a degree of like you enjoyed yourself watching it, it succeeded at one thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that the critical reception was fair enough, honestly. I mean, because, I mean, critics are meant to actually be more objective with their 
analysis of the movie. I agree with that. Critics, you know? yeah. Critics, yeah. I yeah. just I'm kind of talking about like when people kind of take what critics say too seriously. And, and yeah, yeah. If you're not a critic, I mean, you may enjoy a movie that objectively has some issues. Well, I, I'd, I'd say that we're pretty much movie critics, and there's some movies that we all enjoy that are kind of shitty and not really looked well upon by other critics. Oh, yeah. Freddy um, Got Fingered. Freddy Got Fingered, exactly. Freddy Got Fingered, yeah, exactly. But see, again, Freddy Got Fingered is trying to be offensive, so it actually succeeded at what it intended to do. Yeah, but it's also try- actually trying to tell a good story as yeah, well. it you is. Could, you could tell that it is, within, especially in context with its universe. I don't really feel like it gets it. It gets there with Suicide Squad. You know, outside, you're amazing, but inside, you're ugly. We all are. We all are. Except for him. He's ugly on the outside too. Not me, shorty. I'm beautiful. Yeah, you are. We don't want you here. Get to the part in that binder saying I was sleeping with her. Yeah. I've never been with a witch before. What's that like? Apparently, that's why the creatures chase him all the time, because uh, the witch is scared of him. The only woman I ever cared about is trapped inside that monster. If I don't stop the witch, it's over. Everything is over. Everything. You're free to go. Your daughter writes you every day. Every single day. You had these the whole time. You had letters from my daughter the whole time. if I have to. But anyway, we're going to go ahead and start wrapping things up with our final thoughts. We're going to go ahead and start with Dakota. I enjoyed the movie as a whole, like Ash had previously mentioned. You know, it was it was fun. It was campy. I understand the complaints a lot that Bo has, some things I disagree with, but I understand the, the it was weird. It was, it was weird. There was a lot of weird things they did that shouldn't have been there, you know? Yeah. And, and I will admit to that. There's a lot of things they could have done better. But overall, I mean... I know this is not one of the movies where we give it like a score, but I, I would definitely give it like a 2.5 for me. You know what I mean? Because it, it wouldn't quite hit that average score because it's really not there, but it's like yeah. I said, it was. L- yeah, l- bad. Let's, let's not actually score this movie because <laughs> no, I'm just no, going to no, go no. ahead and give it a 0. 0.5. Yeah, just I know you f- will. 0. 0.5 out of 5 stars just just off the bat. Just, just, just a half a star. Just <laughs> for general principle. <laughs> just on principle, I would give it that. But Robert, what are your thoughts on the movie? You know, the trailer and the buildup when it came out, 
And I thought it was going to be better than it really was. I, I kind of like the build-up in the characters better than the ending. You're right. You know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But as far as that, yeah, I was waiting for that car for like two years to come out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just wanted to talk about the car. Well, yeah, sorry. You just wanted to see the car. That's all you wanted to see. That's all hey, that matters. I mean, hey, Robert, it's fine. It's do you, fine. Do you, you shit cool. over Nissan Skylines? No. <laughs> Nobody does. Nobody does. <laughs> sorry. Oh, my God. All right, Ash, final thoughts. This movie had a lot of promise. And I guess part of me is hopeful and I sympathize with it because I, I want to like it and I want to see the potential in it. And I really think that James Gunn may, may be the guy to deliver on that. I think, you know, with the right team, the right director, the right, the right editing. I mean, already, you know, for The Suicide Squad coming out in 2021, we've got a good cast, ensemble cast. I mean, should we've we got. Go to the movies and see that? Definitely. I think we should. Yeah. I mean, you've got Margot Robbie returning, but you've also got Idris Elba, John Cena, uh, Jay Courtney's coming uh, back, John Joel Kinnaman's Cena, coming okay. back, Nathan Fillion, nice. James Gunn bringing with him Michael Rooker, Taika Waititi, fuck, and Sean Gunn. Fuck yeah, Michael Rooker. Just the other day, I went ahead and sat down and watched Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. Michael Rooker is amazing in that fucking movie. He's Mary yeah. Poppins, y'all. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, and, and he was also amazing in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. That, that's what I'm referencing yeah. is that, you know, he's James amazing. Gunn is, is taking some people he's worked with with him. And he and this is DC's version of uh, the Suicide Squad or, or maybe Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy is the version of Suicide Squad. I don't know what came yeah, first. Yeah. The chicken or the egg, right? Viola Davis is coming back. And I think that could work out well. She was okay as Amanda Full as Amanda Weller, but I mean, I, I found her character leaving a lot to be desired. I'm know. really excited to see Peter Capaldi. Who? I love. I'm a huge fan of Doctor Who, so Peter Capaldi um, actually hits home for me, and I'm I'm interested to see where he comes in the performance. Nice. You mentioned Sean Gunn. That's James James Gunn's little brother. Oh yeah. wow! And he does the motion capture performances for uh, Groot and Rocket, and he also has a role in the yeah. Guardians. He's basically like the second in command, the second hand guy to Rooker. Oh, Michael okay, Rooker, okay. Yeah. To uh, what's his face? Uh, Michael Rooker's character. I can't remember his name. You know, uh, Yondu. 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 So, so he's pretty much the new Clint Howard. <laughs> I mean, you've also got uh, Pete Davidson, Storm Reed, and David Desmalchen. And you, so, mi- you mentioned Taika Waititi, right? Taika Waititi, yeah. Basically, Fuck coming yeah. with James Gunn. I mean, he wasn't in the Guardians movies, but he was in uh, a Thor Ragnarok and Avengers Endgame. Yeah. And, and, and also, you know, he directed Thor Ragnarok. So that's really interesting to see Waititi come in. I mean, he, he's definitely a fun character. I mean, you kind of bring uh, Korg in, you know? Yeah. So... Yeah. But final thoughts on Suicide Squad, this movie. I mean, I just wanted to kind of, I'm, I'm hyped up about The Suicide Squad. Like I said, it's not a perfect movie. It's maybe not even a, a good movie, but I like it. It's a guilty pleasure. I find myself enjoying it, and I wouldn't knock any, I wouldn't knock it. I wouldn't tell anybody, like, don't watch this. I would say, if this is something you're into, go ahead and watch it. I mean, maybe it's not for everyone, and come at it with an open mind. Right on, right on. And that's fair enough. But my final thoughts are... We know your final thoughts, yeah. Oh, yeah. This we is, heard your final thoughts this for is the whole a, entire thing. This is a fundamentally unstructured movie. The acting is all over the place. The directing is just not there. The editing hampers any type of dialogue. It hampers any type of flow to the story. Like, the characters are okay at best to me. I, I like the talent in the casting, you know, but, you know, once again, the editing and the directing, the script and the screenplay, it all just works against that. See, exactly. We want to see where James Gunn takes this. Exactly. And James Gunn will actually know how to use a musical score. 
he will actually know how to do that correctly, like he did in Guardians of the Galaxy. So, and yeah. take maybe some more obscure songs, you know? Yeah, obscure songs, not not shit that's on the fucking nose, like playing Black Sabbath Paranoid or ACDC Dirty Deeds <laughs> Done Dirt Cheap. But come on, it's fun when you do see that's it. All, you're uh, like, that's that's all Tony Hawk 4 you're just oh, missing. Yeah, no, yeah. that makes me want to punch myself in the head repeatedly. How many times I heard those same songs on like Tony Hawk But 4. that's my final thoughts on this movie. I want to punch myself in the head repeatedly watching it. We, we shouldn't let you talk, Bo, honestly. God damn it. We're going to take over the podcast now. Yep. Oh On my that God. note, Collateral Gaming is coming back for season two. We're starting again next week. Dakota and I are going to be talking about Uncharted, the Nathan Drake collection. We're also going to be, yeah, yeah, we're going to be talking about Uncharted. After that, Red Dead Redemption 2, and the rest of season two is unfolding. We don't want to um, lay out all of our cards out on the table yet of course but we're not. super excited to be back got a brand new studio um we're setting up you know we've got our new logos and everything so are we, are we running new intro songs i don't think so i've actually kind of grown to like our intro you know what i liked I, our first intro better bo you think so yeah it was more movie the, the, the current one's kind of more um it's kind of generic you think so it doesn't really remind me of movies i think i think we ought to get something new yeah, you think the, so you guys season, will find out you know what how, 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 bad, yeah. how about this how, ladies and gentlemen, we'll let you decide. We'll go ahead and put up a Twitter poll. But what are you going to put on this episode? What do you mean what I'm going to put on this episode? This episode's going to have to have an intro. It, it'll, it'll be the same intro. Boo. Oh, whatever. We'll, we'll go ahead and let our followers on Twitter determine this. What do you think, ladies and gentlemen? Should we change to a different theme song or should we keep the one that we have? Or do you, or do you like the old one better? Should we try to change it like every season? That's what yeah, I'm gonna do. That's yeah, what I'm, yeah I'm, but I mean, it it just sounded like a lot of it's a lot of work. A lot of work, guys. Well, I mean, if you want a good Jesus product, Christ. you gotta put a lot of work into it. Yeah, I know. And <laughs> honestly, just if, find a license free beat online and slap it on there. there well, yeah, I have plenty of those, dude. There you go. So Probably let's cool. just let's just go with a new one. I think that it'd be more fun to see if our Twitter followers determine it. Yeah. Let's let's leave it up to chance, dude. Come on, man. Or should we just flip a coin? Flip a coin. Flip a coin. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're just gonna do this now. We're gonna flip a fucking coin. <laughs> All right, and that's gonna take a wrap on collateral cinema for today. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You can find us on Podbean. I'm just kidding. Yeah, we may as well just go ahead and wrap it up. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Chill Lover Radio. We are on Spotify. We are on iHeartRadio. And we are wherever you get your podcasts. We're on those apps as well. Thanks to Chill Lover Radio. Thank you, Chill. Definitely. And we also have a Patreon and a Podbean patron page. We are looking for people to help support the show. We are growing every season. We have a new studio, and we do need better equipment and everything. And, you know, we would like to maybe make a little bit of a living off of this. So We have patron commentaries out now, guys. Yes, we, we have exclusive commentaries. Thanks to who? Thanks to Ash. Thank you very much, Ash. So find us on patreon.com slash Podcast. And also you can become a patron on our Podbean patron page through the Podbean app. I mean, unfortunately, Podcoin is no more. Wah, wah. R.I.P. Podcoin. Unfortunately. Rest, rest in peace, Podcoin. Rest in peace. But you can find us both on Podchaser. Collateral Gaming can be found in all of those yeah. avenues as well. Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, YouTube, Google Play. The all, whole, the whole yeah, nine yards. Chill Lover Radio. YouTube, all that stuff. I said YouTube, dimwit. Oh, my God. Am I being called a dimwit on the on, on the show? What the hell? <laughs> that's, that's, that's the note that we're ending on. 
Well, all right. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Robert Oregon. I'm Ashley Chancellor. I'm Dakota Chancellor. And Collateral Cinema is out. And welcome to season three, everybody. It's going to be a fun ride. Fuck yeah, season three. Let's go. Yep. Fuck bitches and get money. A full dosage of detrimental dysfunction I'm dying slow, but the devil trying to rush me See, I'm a fool for pain I'm a dummy, might cut my head off Right after I slip my throat Tongue kiss a shark Got jealous bitches up in the boat Eating peanut butter and jellyfishes on toast And if I get stung, I get stoked Might choke like I chewed a chunk of charcoal Naked in the North Pole That's why my heart cold, full of sorrow A lost soul and only Lord knows When I'm coming to the crossroads So I don't feel shit But tomorrow And I'm a sucker for pain It ain't nothing but pain You just fucking complain You ain't tough as you claim Just stay up in your lane Just don't fuck with Lil Wayne I'ma jump from my plane Or stand in front of a train Cause I'm a sucker for pain Used to doing bad Now we feel like we just now getting in Getting in Getting in Ain't got no other way, so we started and finished it. No pain, no gain. Never stand down, made our own way. Never going slow, we pick up the pace. This is what we wanted from a young age. No emotion, that's what business is. Lord have mercy on the witnesses. Collateral Cinema is an L Company production. All music and movie clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.